This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here alone for about 20 seconds while I give you this intro, but we have an incredible episode lined up for you. We've got Isha Jerome of the Soda Pod and many, many other content offerings that we're all going to talk about here in this episode. As you know, this is a Thursday episode, so I've been lucky enough to get an interview today. And, uh, you know, usually Monday we're recapping the Caps week, but I'm really excited to get this going. If you're an OG here, you know the deal. If you're new, love you, mean it. Let's get going. Let's pop some tabs and bring Isha in. One, two, three. All right, Caps fans, adding to the stream right now, Isha Jerome at VIS Sports Talk. Ish, buddy, we go back a long way, man. It's been years dude, now, bro. Dude, it's been like, what, we first connected oh, like four years ago? Yeah, it's got to be like like 2019 early or, 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 or late 2018. COVID was ever a thing. How crazy is that? And like a good chunk of time before COVID was ever a thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were, and so for Caps fans who are listening right now, obviously I'm part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Caps Chirp is part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Isha was actually a originating uh, founder of the entire network. He's since moved on to bigger and better, but like, holy shit. I mean, yeah, I, I remember it was Dylan, your counterpart at the time, who reached out uh, to me and, and a previous co-host that I had. And then, you know, we we made some adjustments midseason. Co- like, you know, I brought on another host, and then boom, COVID. It was, and and then Dude, we I will were just never forget. Creative. I will never forget the day I was going to school. We were about what we were half a season, yeah, yeah half of our season into yeah. you know launching the network. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always like a year. I always have my years off because Dylan and I took a whole a whole pretty much like year before officially launching like planning and building the thing so like my year one is different than your guys's year one but yeah it was the first it was about halfway through the first year of us launching the network and i remember i was i was going to school full-time we were running and building this thing and managing it and then i was also uh like finishing cabinets (laughs) as like you know to pay the bills and i will never forget that i looked and i usually just had my headphones you know plugged in listening to our podcast over and over again getting everyone all 32 (laughs) teams some views uh some downloads there and i remember just like my phone started going off on slack and it was like it was everybody it was everybody asking guys what are we gonna do and i like like i had all the answers and i'm like i don't fucking no dude like i've never like of course we deal with a pandemic the first year we launch our sports podcast network which rely on sports being played you know for content so that was insane what what i remember most about that first year is just how tight-knit our og group was because like we needed people to buy in oh yeah for for us to just reach an audience and everyone just worked so well together um we were kind of like a little family and it really gave us the tools, the the reach, and just like overall good vibes to take that next step to, you know, what THPN became and currently is today. Yeah, I mean, eventually the network got bought. I mean, it was it was a it was a huge thing. And and 
I mean, first of all, genius idea and incredible execution. Things were crazy and shaky at the at the onset. I remember having meetings with you guys like, guys, we got to get a little organized here because hosts <laughs> are like have no fucking clue what the fuck's going on. Um, and I mean, that's my contribution, my very tiny contribution to you guys, uh, other than my my shitty podcast here that you're listening to now. But at Which, the same by the way, time, I mean, and, and, and I mean. Give yourself more credit than that. It ain't a shitty <laughs> podcast. It is the best podcast logo in all of hockey podcasts. And, oh, I, and Troll, you know, I've worked in hockey podcasts. I've seen them all. Yeah. I've seen every fucking hockey podcast logo out there. Even if you folks don't think I know, I know. I've seen them all. This one's the best. <laughs> Thanks, dude. And you know what the fucking funny part about it is? Is shout out Nick Terraney of Barstool Sports. Do you know who that oh, guy dude, is? What a beauty. What yeah, a, yeah dude. You know he, he designed that for us? He, he designed this. What? logo oh i know i know and and your logo too the troll one it's awesome yeah 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 um crazy how that that is just a a once in a lifetime weird relationship that i have with with nick so shout out nick uh we randomly work together and then the next thing i know he's gonna he's like talking to me about like yo barstool sports is interested in my like comedy shit and i'm like you're not funny, you dumbass. And then all of a sudden, you know, he gets he gets in. He's like the funniest dude ever. He is. I, I, that's a lie. He's one of the funniest people. And honestly, that is literally him. Like people are like, how do you put? How do you keep up with the act? It's like people that are, there is no act. That is literally him on screen. Nick Traney is is that guy. That's awesome. Yeah. So incredible stuff. He did that. Um. And and honestly, that was uh my first co-host doc he was the one that like was like hey what about something like this with a mic and a hockey stick and i was like all right word send it to nick and he fucking put his juice on it and and gave it back to us and we've been like that ever since so thanks for the thanks for the props i love that dude i love it and you know like i'm a caps fan like i i there's three teams that i like really follow in the national hockey obviously i'm from british columbia canada so i bleed blue and green vancouver Mm -hmm. canucks like they're always going to be like the team i love my first team the team that like really tugs on my heartstrings but the second team that I started to follow was the Washington Capitals. I, I bought a Capitals jersey before I ever bought a Canucks jersey. I'd every, I have intention to like sew Ovi's number and name on it, which I still will. But, you know, me being the cheap ass and didn't have any resources <laughs> at the time, I just kept it bare. But still, I always say like I went and bought with like, it, like brand new tags on and everything, a Capitals jersey before I ever bought a Canucks jersey. And I've been a Canucks fan my whole life. And then obviously I cover the Minnesota Wild. I'm based out of Minnesota now. So that's like the third team. And Honestly, they're the team I watch the most now, just because like I, I have to, and I right. I don't like it. They're on the up, and they're a fun they're a fun team to watch, despite what their Twitter will uh, reflect <laughs> at times. It's been it's been a bumpy yeah. season just because of injuries, but hey, Caps right. fans know that more than anybody with Nikki Backstrom out. I mean, goddamn, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so those are my three favorite teams. So like, I just you know I might be biased a little bit, but I think I just think it's excellent, and I've followed his work ever since you introduced me to him, and he just does awesome stuff. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and and so like. Uh, I, I mean, let's talk about that. I, so you're a Caps fan, but you're also right now, you've just moved from BC to Minnesota, making big boy moves. Love it, by the way. Congrats by that. How does it feel to be in the land of the free? <laughs> <laughs> I wish our Canadian dollar was a little bit more on par, but other than that, it's great. <laughs> Beer's cheap. <laughs> right. We were talking about that. Dude, so, and, and so part of your the soda pod give him a plug here the soda pod covers the minnesota wild um previously on the hockey podcast network but now you can find him basically anywhere uh that you find podcasts and you and your co-host hoppy uh and you know what's his full it's state of hoppy 
right? State of hoppy, yeah. And because unless Minnesota. He, unless he unless he dives into the whiskey, then he's the state of sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. it. Because I think that people don't know. If you don't know, now you know. But Minnesota is like a very uh, micro brew beer haven if you will almost it's a crazy. mecca in the united states it's crazy man it's huge like no joke every little every little community every little area of town has one two maybe even three like wow. if there's a if there's like like the loose line bike trail oh you better believe there's loose line brewing there you know <laughs> and a, a little like hipster community in a diner you know instead of like a bike shop on the corner there's there's a fucking brewery like they're everywhere they're everywhere that it, it's, it's just crazy that there's so many and you know, a lot of them sure get get pushed out if they're you know if they don't hit a certain standard, but it's not like there's huge competition in that. Like everyone just kind of helps each other out. Like the the amount of collaborations these breweries do to uh, with each other, they go to big brewery events. Shout out the beer dabblers. They're uh, they're like a they're a liquor store, but also um, local brewery events promotion that the Soda Pods worked with before, and they like throw these huge events, which are basically just like big tasting events with like music and all sorts of things. Um, awesome. Shout out to the Beer Dabbler guys. I'm actually recording a Soda Pod episode with them tomorrow, well, Tuesday, um, this week. So, um, yeah, go check out the Soda Pod if you want to hear more about them. But, yeah, like, it is truly, like, I've never been to another place in the United States or Canada that is this much of, like, a, a microbrewery mecca, a craft beer mecca. And, like, Wisconsin has some some pretty good ones as well. But, like, it just it's not even close to, like, how many there are in each area. Like, I went up to Duluth as well, dude. Yeah. Uh, right on Lake Superior. Oh my God. Like that. Uh, Duluth rivals all of Min- Minneapolis. Like, no wow. joke. There's like seven or eight like top tier breweries there as well. So, even just outside the Twin Cities of St. Paul and Minnesota, I mean, and like the surrounding, you know, areas like Waconia and, and, and you know, whatnot, um, Back Channel and Lake Minnetonka, like even Duluth, like even some just, even just towns outside of like the, the cities are right. are havens for them as well. It's really, really cool. That's awesome, man. I love that. And, you know, in, in, so the business plans of microbreweries are rife with expenses. So having, you know, they're a small batch of beer that's incredibly hard, first of all, to brew in scale. So when you are really just stuck at like, well, here's the, here's the most that we can churn out. It's really tough to get like an almost an impossibility when you're when you're going up against like Budweiser and the big juggernauts, even like Sam Adams and things like that, to get your network nationwide. So um, I love that you know Minnesota as a state has really just said like, "Yo, this is like what we're doing," and it's going to be kind of a Minnesota thing only. Obviously, it'd be great, you know, because I think the people in D.C. don't really uh, see a lot of like Minnesota beers hit their liquor store shelves, right? And it's primarily because of, you know, it's just tough to scale a business that way. So yeah, you kind of, it's one of those kind of things that you have to go there for the authentic experience, which I love, you know? Yeah. And I mean, they had a lot of hurdles too, as, as you know, Minnesota for as, and this is like the joke before I even moved here, I heard for, for as blue as the state is and for as like, um, <laughs> I don't know, proactive and like, you know, ahead of the game that they are like they're so behind with their liquor and weed laws it's like it's hilarious but like for example you a brewery wasn't allowed to sell four packs out of their brewery until earlier this year what how crazy you have to do growlers only or something or yes but then there was a growler cap so you only (laughs) could sell a certain amount of and i'm talking like lifetime cap 
Like if, if you like sell a certain amount, that's it. And like there was a brewery on um on Lake Superior that like within two, three years hit their growler cap and then we're never allowed to sell a growler again, even feature one in the brewery until Whoa. this law was lifted. So that was lifted, the four pack was lifted. How they got around it at the time, actually I have a can here. I'll bring it on screen in just a sec. They weren't allowed to sell four packs or cans out of their brewery, but they could sell 750 mil fucking bottles just 750 mils but they right. just put them in crowler cans and sold them like individually <laughs> like that so one sec i'll show you okay well while while Alicia's getting that you know it's very funny because uh i actually lost a bet revolving around justin schultz uh with state of hoppy okay there's yeah and so that's what i sent hoppy like a, yeah. a year and a half ago um so this is a recent lifting of this law because i sent him uh you know, I, I lost a bet with with Hoppy around around Justin Schultz, and it was like I thought Justin Schultz when he first signed on with the Caps was going to hit fifty points. He ended up going like forty something uh, because he got injured for like fucking two months. He would have easily gotten it. You know, Hoppy got really lucky. Uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever won a fucking bet on the THPN network, but I'm always swinging for the fences. You know, I'm, I never I'm, win a, a bet against Hoppy. I know. Just- the guy knows how to gamble, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I send him. I was like, "All right, dude. So, all right, you're getting some, uh, you know, shout out, uh, Wheeling Brewing Company, uh, or I'm sorry, not Wheeling Brewing Company, uh, Brew Keepers in Wheeling, West Virginia. I was like, "All right, you're getting one of these. Like, let me know which one." And uh, yeah, it was the big cans. He was like, "Dude, that's so awesome. That your state allows that. Like, Minnesota still doesn't. We, I have to send." And he sent. Remember, we we collabed on an epi where he yep. sent us some of the um, brewers around, and me and Polly drank it. And holy fuck, were they good? God, dude, were they that good. that uh, what was it? The white stout. Uh, didn't he send you the Immortal Toast? That is the one Immortal of the best beers I've ever had. That's Holy so, fuck, that's good. Dude, I mean, here's the thing about microbreweries and stuff. When I go to a, a place that has microbreweries, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll take the, like, Tiger Vagina Piss IPA. Like, because it's all crazy. The, the names are insane. So yeah. I never, I never remember. I'm like, do you have, and I'm a light beer guy. So, like, I like, like, Hefeweizens. I like, you know, things like that. Like, a little bit of a lighter kind of tone. And, you know, of course, I'll drink an IPA. But that's not a beer that you can, like... Chug, like drink like more no than no a few you can't of, right? you can't sit down with the boys at a brewery and, and just drink like four or five ipas you'll be fucked no. yeah like, dude like this wrecked. one i'm drinking right now for example hazy ipa this one's out of uh where the heck is this one uh this is roadhouse brewing out of jackson wyoming shout out my mm-hmm. buddy in wyoming this one is a hazy double ipa it's 10 percent, dude that's crazy like there's no way you're crushing yeah. a few of those like i'm barely like i'm already feeling it and i'm half the way through this you know this can <laughs> <laughs> and that's why like there's this one brewery that we've worked with and there's gonna be some you i promise there'll be some youtube content i'm just delayed on it coming out about uh we did a tour there and a sit down with the owner and they are a german inspired brewery and that their ass. thing is like they have you know high floor and in my opinion high ceiling but maybe for like the hipster craft brewers maybe a little bit of a lower ceiling but like they do the german beers the hefeweizen the the, the kolsch's right you know, your loggers, your stuffs, they do them, their simple beers, their five, six percent max beers right. perfectly. Like yeah. dude, the one of the best Hefeweizens I've ever had, one of the best Kolsch's I've ever had. And shout out to them, their uh Oedipils, their uh their Kolsch's. They work with the the Vikings and they have Skolsch. That's, oh, what, nice. that's what it's called, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so I, I totally I totally dig that too, man. Like, don't get me wrong, like when I was getting into the craft beers, I love the hazies, I love the IPAs. That's that was what like 
I hopped on, no pun intended, after like <laughs> your your light beers. And like I'm the kind of guy like give me fucking lucky lager, give me hams, give me uh what's that one? Yingling or whatever. Yeah, what, what? yeah yingers. Yeah, give yeah, me, I don't care. Lean, I'll drink it all. I'll drink it all. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like for me, beer is beer. But now that I'm like like I've been doing craft beer podcasts, like pretty much every podcast we do, I, I try or at least every week to try something new or like go back to something that I knew that I really liked to pump it up again. And predominantly it's like, it's the hazy, especially in British Columbia, Canada. Like I thought they were ahead of the game in craft beer and they are in Canada. They're like 10 years behind Minnesota. Now I'm going with like the bear, like dude, like the whiskey barrel age stouts that are like 17% right. have been, you know, have been soaking in uh, bourbon barrels for like seven to eight months. I'm going with, you know, really, really good, simple beers, like those simple Hefeweizens, but just like with the best grains, with the right. best like gear and everything to brew it. And and just new things too. Like I never was a sour guy. There's a brewery in uh, North Dakota called Drecker. Mm-hmm. Dude, they drop they drop smoothie beers, which again they're not beers. They just right. like they're in that category. Yeah, yeah. But they're just they're just it's just so crazy. There's so much different types of craft beer now, and it's just it's so cool that like for for three years of doing the Soda Pod in BC. I like represented the BC side of stuff. Hoppy rep- represented the, the Minnesota. Well, at, at the end of the day, we, we made better connections with the Minnesotans and now being able to be here on the ground and like go to the breweries, hang out with them. Like we've created relationships with all the owners or like the sales reps or whoever, like we were really like talking to. Yeah. Um, when, when we connected with them and it's, and it's awesome. Like I went to a USA, it was USA England soccer game watch party at one of the breweries who were really tight with actually uh, Nick Letty's uh, uncle is, one of the owners, shout out Josh Letty. Nice. And he they rent the uh the Jumbotron from US Bank Arena where the Vikings play for like NHL Vikings and or uh now World Cup watch parties. Dude, like and I walked in there and the guy hands me like this new barrel age that like no one else is drinking. Like it, it's just theirs. And he like hands it to me and he's like, I got you already, bro. And it's just like that's what it's all about, man. Like so I don't need sick. to be rich with uh, when I'm old. I, I don't need to be rich to be happy. It's the right. little things. It's the little yeah. things. No doubt, no doubt. And I mean, what I was saying about uh, the names of the beers, like that immortal toast will forever be ingrained in my core memory, dude. So if I ever get another opportunity to have an immortal toast, because it's a limited release, they do it every year. But yeah, dude, they're Incredible. they're trying to keep it on year round now. What? It was available on tap uh, a couple months ago. I don't know if it still is, but uh, let me tell you, you invited me on the podcast. You you send me your address after this and you'll get a care package. Oh, I fucking love it, man! I love it. Yeah, you're gonna I'll get. Did you get this one by the Hoppy? Send you the peanut butter. Did you send yes. me this one? Yep. Okay. Is it the peanut butter? Is it a stout? Yeah. Yep. It's the best peanut butter beer I've ever had. Yeah. It's so I mean, good. It's so good. And so that's that's what's happening in Minnesota right now, folks. So if you ever want to go on a beer tour, you know, oh, it, it's it's hockey like the Bourbon Trail, right? College hockey and beer, honestly. Yeah. Like the wild are great too. And like the XL energy center, it's dope. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it's so it's, it's a lot of fun. Dude, college hockey here. It's just on another level. Like it's I crazy. Bet. There's what six, seven D one teams. It's nuts. Yeah. And then there's also high school hockey, which people go oh, fucking dude, crazy yeah. for. The state tourney is bigger than a Stanley cup wild game. Easy. <laughs> not like, it's not even close actually. Like they wow. sell at the X so much that they have standing rooms. It's nuts. What? Oh yeah. Wow. For, for high schoolers. For the finals, it's crazy. I can't wait to go. Unreal. Like I was supposed to go to some podcast conference, and I told like the the people I'm working with, I was like, "Fuck this podcast <laughs> conference! I'm going to the high school state tourney." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Canada. Well, I guess I'm in the states, but still, that's right. my that's my Canada in me. Like hockey all day, baby. Let's go. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Good shit, man. So, I mean, I guess let's talk a little bit about hockey. We've been just bullshitting for the, for the first 15 minutes of this, but, uh, so, you know, tell us about the wild or, you know, I, I, again, it's not really somebody that Caps fans generally care about because like when the, the likelihood of us seeing the wild past like into the playoffs and having it be like a super meaningful game is very low, but like, yeah. you know, that's an exciting Two games I mean, a season sort of thing. Right. You know, we get to see Obi at the X, you guys get to see Kaprizov, the right. next Russian superstar. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a big thing. So like, you know, how are the wild doing? I mean, I'm looking at the standees right now. They're, they're, uh, they're not playing up to expectations this season, but I will say other than the first four games, which let's be honest, the first, I would say even 10 games, <clears throat> you're yeah. shaking off cobwebs. You're, you're practicing systems, right? You haven't even played all the teams yet or, or most of them in your division, right? Like you're still, you're still kind of getting used to it. And if anything, I don't check the standings till after American Thanksgiving. That's like the Bob McKenzie rule. That's apparently the state of hoppy rule too. Yeah. But even out of the gate, like the first four or five games, like the Wilds defense looked bad. Their goaltending wasn't good. They were scoring, but that was about it. And then it kind of went complete opposite where they scoring dried up. Their defense was really good and their goaltending was really good. And then the, and this was about a game like seven to 10. And then the injury bug hit. Jordan Greenway, who made up one of the best shutdown lines in the National Hockey League last year, the Jeek Love line, which was uh, Felino, Erickson Eck, and Greenway, which they they got the like they were the ones shutting down the OV line, they were the ones shutting down the Crosby line, they were the ones yep. shutting down the McDavid line, and it worked. And Felino, uh, Marcus Felino, got like twenty goals as well. Greenway had a career year, Eck had a career year. Like that line was it. It wasn't the Wild's best line, but it was the it was the line that was make or break for them to win games. Like if right. that line wasn't intact, it's it's going to be hard because then Kaprizov gets the harder matchup and it's without a true top center, it's it's easy to shut that line down. And talking about that, their top center is Ryan Hartman, which what a story for Ryan Hartman. He's a top mm-hmm. center in the National Hockey League. How crazy is that? Right. You know, the the late 20th pick who was with, what was he with Chicago and then was he with Philly for a bit and then lands with, you know, the Wild and is literally their top center. The Wild have not had a top center in their entire existence. Miko right. Koivu, not a top center. He's the best <laughs> second liner in the league at the time. Right. Shutdown guy, not a top center. And still, they have that that issue. Hartman gets hurt. He gets hurt right. in the most... I was going to say something rude to him, but I won't. In the uh, most <clears throat> 2022 NHL fight I've ever seen. Didn't even throw a punch. Right. And uh, apparently broke his shoulder. The funniest thing, and oh, I wish I could share. I'll, I'll share with you um, after this, or I'll tag the cap strip in it. There's a hairdresser on TikTok that, like, she went on a rant that was like, I, uh, you know, I look up my clients when I do hairdressing. And apparently, Ryan Hartman came in and I looked at his fight and I was like, bitch, you hurt your shoulder and you even put in one punch. You got to fight better. You got to fight better. Maybe you won't break your shoulder. And so, and, but we didn't know he had a broken shoulder. So she leaked on this TikTok that he actually had, he's, had, he's been dealing with a broken shoulder. So that's why he's been out for so long. So, Long and the short of it, the Wild don't have their quote-unquote top center. Jordan right. Greenway's been in and out of the lineup. Um, it's just been it's just been tough for them to like, you know, Marco Rossi, who they were hoping would pop, has had issues or just like it, he's a young guy, right? He, right. He hasn't figured out the NHL game as quickly as Matt Boldy has. Goes gets sent back down to the AHL three point night his first night there. How are you? Like so, right. just some growing pains, and they didn't come out of the gate swinging like they did last year and this season the first time ever i think brodeen has not been like as reliable like 
Brodine, in my opinion, Jonas Brodine is like the most underrated defenseman in the league. Like his skating's okay. on a complete other level. The guy can single-handedly shut down McDavid. Single-handedly shut down McDavid. Right. And you usually never even have to think about if you know defensive lapses at all because his like his baseline is so good. Kind of like when Vlasic, you know, on the Sharks was in, was in his peak. Like yeah. that, that was just kind of what it is. Not to say Brodine has played poorly because that's not what I'm saying here, but he's been a little dicey dicey at times. Matt Dumba's defense gone. John Merrill's defense gone. Addison, Kalen Addison, such a fucking stud. Such <laughs> a stud, but he's offensive and offensive only. Right. So yeah, he's leading rookie defenseman in points and I think he's like 14 points on the season. And he's not expected to play a lot of defense, but that's the thing. It's like that identity that the Wild were like this brute defense team. It, it's it's a long gone, dude. Like they are a, a scoring team now if they're healthy. And in my opinion, the Fiala hit, it was a hit. They lost a ton of scoring and a threat on that second line. Right. Matt Boldy sure is filled in for him, but they, they're still like a piece or two away, in my opinion. Like they need one defensive defenseman. They need a scoring, or they need a center or another winger to help complement Boldy. I would say a center right. just because like I have their roster up in front of me. Like, dude, no joke. And again, all the credit to them because they're making it work. But when your centers are Sam Steele, Frederick Goudreau, and freaking Connor Dewar, I'm sorry. Like, you need a top center to be successful. You or you need that depth in lines that aren't injured, like the Jeek line was last year, right? To, to help Kaprizov and Zuccarello work with whoever's in the middle, because they are Zuccarello and Kaprizov are are that line. And I know I, I don't know your Cavs fan. What are your thoughts on Zuccarello? Like, I didn't like the Rangers as a Cavs fan, obviously, but right. I always had respect for Zuccarello, and he like. His bromance with Kaprizov, oh, it's like it pulls on our fans' heartstrings out here. Like it's mm. he's he's so awesome, dude. I've yeah. always loved Zuccarello, but as a Caps fan, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, Zuc is uh he was always a thorn in everybody's side. He was just like that that lunch pail guy, but had <laughs> th- there were times that where you're like, this guy fucking ditched the lunch pail and he's he's got the scores stick out. He's got the play. I mean, he seems like a guy who can do it all. He's not a huge dude, right? He's he's like you know six foot maybe. But, Not even, dude. Yeah, if that five eleven. He's like five eight. Oh fuck, he's is he really? He's tiny. Yeah. Even. But talk about a guy. He's like a Connor Sheary, but with more, more of a rat, and probably a little bit more of a of a touching score. And you know that's saying something because Connor Sheary has been incredible his entire career. Probably one of the most versatile players in the league. But to Zook's credit. I mean, what they I mean, the thing about him is that he drifted from second line with the Rangers all the way down to fourth, I believe. Yep. And then he gets shipped and all of a sudden in Minnesota, he's like a guy that they that, well, that him your and team it, loves. Chemistry is a beautiful thing, dude. Yeah. Like look at the way and I know you're like this it hurts as a Cavs fan, but like Sure. Crosby, he doesn't just click with everybody, but there's certain players that he does and it just works. Like I'm sorry, yeah. but like how the fuck Chris Kunitz was on Canada's Olympic team? It's because he had chemistry with Crosby. Right. Like, and, and, and it worked. I don't want to take, like, I almost feel like it's just, like, I love Chris Kunitz. Don't get me wrong, like, Canadian boy, whatever. Right. Zuccarello is a better player than Chris Kunis, but he has that Kaprizov rub too, and it worked because they just work well together. Sure. So, like, sure, without Kaprizov on the wild, he did fine. You know, 40, 60 point player. With Kaprizov, dude, he's point per game. They yeah. just have something special. And, like, and it, I wish he would, because he has a pretty good shot and he can score. I wish he would fucking shoot more, dude. Like, he 
he is his goal is just like find Kirill and give him the puck and like right. and it works it's like it's almost Sadine-esque the way that they like know where each other are at times but like he's never gonna take the shot much like when I was watching the Canucks back in the day I was like hey Henrik is never gonna take the shot he's always gonna dish it that's right. literally Zuccarello and Kaprizov right now I'm looking at the points he has 28 points 19 assists in 27 games Kaprizov 17 goals 34 points I mean the guy's an the guy's such a silent killer, dude. Where, where Ovechkin is like that type of Russian player, and same with like Kuznetsov, I would say, for the Caps. Yeah. They're loud in the way they play the game, right? They're sure. loud, they're eccentric. Kirill, you won't notice him, but then when you do, it's like the most silky smooth fucking play. He's always in the right <laughs> spot. He's hard to get, you know, he's hard to check. And his goals aren't always flashy until they are. Until right. it's like he gets it off his stick and you're like, oh my God, how do you do that? And, he, and he's, he's digging that dirty backhand in the shootout now. Dude, I mean, I'm I'm loving. I mean, I think that the the Wild are a super interesting team because they have gone from that Western style of hockey and are being a little bit more finessed about it. I agree. Yeah. I think that your team needs a couple pieces. I think that the Wild could 100% benefit from a high dollar center. Um, and you know, whether they have that guy, to at the end of the day, right? You can't you wake up to. without a center. You, and you have to be strong down the middle. I think the, the Pittsburgh Penguins are the archetype for that, right? Uh, and same with the Chicago Blackhawks. You look at all of yep. the teams who there's there's a couple I think um, strong indicators of like Stanley Cup winners, and that is you have you're strong down the middle. Your defense is good. Your goaltending is good. You know, and I mean not world beating, but good. And then you have guys who you farm grew guys who are overperforming their their hourly rate if you will right so you know guys who are on entry-level contracts bridge deals who come alive and the timing of that mix is so fucking hard to capture like it's lightning in a bottle and of course there's also other things like when the caps won in 2018 obviously expectations were were non-existent the window you know uh throwing back caps fans remember the window has been closed right dumb as shit i mean but honestly this may that might be I, McClellan's most genius move to just say, yeah, this team's washed, and then they come out and just shove it up his hoop. Man, I was the only one in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, who wore my Caps jersey with pride every day during the playoffs. <laughs> every fucking day, dude. Yeah. And when they beat the Penguins, that was that was my Stanley Cup. I was like, this is the closest Stanley Cup I'm ever going to get as a Caps fan and a, and the Canucks fan. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, and like, cause, yeah. seriously. Because the Penguins, like they were, they were the fucking boogeyman in that division for the Caps. And like, oh, yeah. and don't get me wrong, the Caps couldn't get over the fucking Hendrik Lundqvist hump either. Because right. he would take them to seven games, triple overtime every every fucking year when it wasn't the Penguins. Yeah, the Rangers. Um, yeah. But yeah, like so, so folks listening, like I know my Caps. Like I've you know oh, since yeah. since Ovi was drafted, I've been like I've been all in on the Caps. And man, when they won, like no joke. And Hoppy, he makes fun of me for this all the time. If right. they did not have Jay Beagle or Smith Pelly on that team, they would not it's have true. won the Stanley Cup. It's true. I mean, Dude, the Devontae Smith Pelly was so critical. Oh, yeah. So critical in almost every series. The entire fourth line. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, Jay Beagle's the second jersey I've ever bought. So, like, oh, yeah. Legend. I love, legend. I love him. Um, ECHL, AHL, NHL champion, baby. The and they got paid with guy. the Canucks. Yeah. The Canucks fans may hate him, but I still love him. Let's Dude, go, Jay Beagles. <laughs> I know, I know. And you know, here's the thing about Jay Beagles. He'll punch you in the face too. Like this is a good this is a guy that you want. I mean, he's he's such Dude, an energy He's a Calgary guy. boy who doesn't even cuss. Like what a right. what a legend. <laughs> Dude, like, he I won't was even talking he won't, to... you'll say like freaking freaking <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> we were t- we were like 
I said, first interview I ever had with Carl Alsner, I was like, if you can get Jay Beagle on the podcast, I'll love you forever. And he was like, dude, I would have to go to wherever Jay Beagle is and like, like push all the buttons on the computer to even get him to like uh, get on digitally to talk to us. Um, that like, and, and I know if Caps, OG Caps fans know that when Jay Beagle is around, he had a flip phone literally until he couldn't find they another stop one. making. Yeah. Until yeah. they stopped making them. <laughs> Right. And Dude, I love and that. Then guy. he moved to a fucking smartphone. He had no idea how to use. <laughs> He's so awesome, dude. Like, he and is. I knew when the Canucks paid him, I was like, oof, <laughs> like that was, right. that's a bad deal. But like, I Dude, just, secure I love the bag, I, secure the bag. Yeah. Secure the bag. And like, you know, when he was with the caps, like he did his job. He was one of the best fourth liners in the league. Like he did his job perfectly. Yeah. When Jay Beagle was centering the fourth line, he was near the top of the goddamn list for faceoff win percentage. And, yep and pivoted the, one of the best fourth lines in hockey period yeah for couldn't, several couldn't years fight at all but he didn't need to fuck you aaron it, ashams exactly kidding, well kidding. the the thing is the thing is he 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 made his like he had to fight his way into this lineup which is crazy because you think about like peak jay beagle he was a grinder and a playmaker and uh you know a guy who could put points up and and a face-off specialist right oh yeah but his first five seasons in the league he was the fighter he was yep. the tom wilson of the washington capitals and now tom wilson is even the tom wilson of the washington capitals it's like garnet hathaway and nick dowd and you know guys like that but as fighting kind of takes a wayside in the league you know these are you can't just have a guy who can't be a positive impact on the game and go out there and just throw bows anymore. Like, I mean, honestly, that, Reeves is the last one. And like, right. and, he, and again, like he still brings like a little bit of something like with the wild. It's so funny. All the analytic people in, in wild world were yeah. so pissed off when Billy Garen brought him in. Well, vibes per 60 motherfuckers. This guy's <laughs> brought the vibes back to the locker room. And that right. fourth line is, I shouldn't say killing it, but it's doing very, very well right now sure. with, with Reeves in there. But I would say like he out of all of them. And it's funny that you mentioned that Hoppy and I on one of our last podcasts, we because uh, we had another wild podcast that they they kind of we they, they challenged us a little bit. And they're like, we think that Marcus Foligno is one of the is top three, maybe top five best fighters in the NHL right now. And we were like, <laughs> OK, we'll challenge you on that. We think that there's 10 other like we still we think he's definitely in in the top 10. But uh -huh. we, we we brought a list for it. There were here are 10 other guys that we that we think could could beat him up and like we had like Evander Kane on that list we had um McDermott we had Wilson? You know, Revo Tom, Tom okay. Wilson was he was number one I think Revo was one Wilson was two Lucic was three um and then yeah then the list went on you know Kane right. Evander Kane is an underrated fighter like I'm, I'm pretty is. sure his uncle is a professional boxer and like when he was growing up like that's what he would do in the offseason to like stay fit and like i'm talking even like in high school and stuff like that so like you know your brain yeah. developed you know those neural pathways where like he just he's a good boxer so like and just the way he fights too man people just don't know how to fight anymore and let me go Dude. off on a little fighting tangent here because like i'm an old school hockey fan like i grew sure. up watching the whl bchl i watched fucking Junior dano Spain. chara and prince george Derek bugard shout out minnesota wild and prince george you know <laughs> beating the fuck out of it he couldn't skate worse shit and he was beating the fuck out of everyone he was literally doug glatt like the guy i swear yeah. started skating on figure skates before like <laughs> before he even transitioned to real ones but anyways or to hockey skates i should say but like even just the technique that like some of these guys and Trent Frederick on um, 
is it Trent Frederick or Frederick on the Boston Bruins? Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah, yeah. A, he's a good fighter too. Yeah. His wires cross a little bit and he like abandons like technique at times, but like you can just see like the way these guys fight now, they, they almost know that like the refs are just going to end this so quickly anyways that like, I don't even have to like go in for style points, but then you see like a fight. Oh, I forget who fought like a couple weeks ago, but the refs let them go. Like the refs like separated them and actually like let them fight and you see those techniques that like a tom wilson has where like he knows where to grab the jersey he knows where to hit the hand down you know to get them to let go and and just like those old school fighting you know that just the style and the and the, right. the little skills that you have to employ like we see them in a few players now man but it's almost gone like reeves wilson you know i guess marcus felino lucic like mcdermott kane to a lesser degree because he's not gonna always like initiate the fight but, like those are the last of like what you know in in two three years four years maybe might be the last of like enforcer slash big energy players, fear mongering right. players in the league. The true heavyweights. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. You know, and I know Darren Southpaw, he's always, oh, I love Darren, by the way, I <laughs> no, fucking love Darren. We're me so tight. He's <laughs> always just, he has, he's throwing no, he's holding no punches back when it, when it comes to like how he does. He's like, I don't even watch the NHL anymore. No, he doesn't. A bunch he of doesn't. Pussies. And I believe he rewatches yeah. he rewatches old NHL games or ECHL games. That's it. <laughs> it yeah, and I mean because you don't have those pugilists anymore in the NHL, no. which uh, you know um, they've done this in Russia. They've done. I mean, this is old hat for European hockey, and what you see is a lot more stick infractions, right? Slashing, hooking, tripping, uh, a lot of slashing, a lot of cross checking, things like that. But you know. I don't want to get back in the NHL to a time where it was okay to like two hand a guy in the head. That's just no, ridiculous, no, that's barbaric. Right? right. And so that's why I feel like fighting does have a place. Cause like, you know, if you two hand somebody in the head, you're going to, you know, get stomped out or, you know, if it even, but usually way before that things boil over, so there's a fight and then that resets the whole, the whole game. I would like yeah. to add the caveat that I'm uh, as of right now, we're appealing this, but I play. I've I've been looped into playing roller hockey, dude. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, and you know, I love the guys. The teams are the boys are awesome. You know, we've won at this rink, uh, RMU rink, and in, in Pittsburgh, where the RMU guys play. Uh, it's a really big facility. I think there's three sheets, three ice sheets, nice. and and uh, a single roller sheet. So it's a great facility. Um, <clears throat> I've so we've we took we played a season, took a season off there, and then played the next season, and we're basically on a three peat. We we won championships in both of the seasons that we played in this. Hey, congrats! Yeah. Unfortunately, in the playoffs, you know, and this is like again like an indication as so I, I feel like a tr- a trickle down effect, if you will, of like hockey not being in a widely seen and accepted. But, you know, I got jumped last game by, well, two games ago by three different players. Three guys came in on me and my one buddy had to like pull. It, and it was two guys throwing punches at me at once in a Jeez. beer league, like a shitty beer league. Beer league roller hog. What is I this, know. Canada? Like, what is this, I like know. Edmonton? Fuck and off. this all started <laughs> off of a goalie slash. Like we're up. So we're up 5-1 yeah. in this game. Um, I lift a stick and push a guy out of the way. And he slashes the goalie like as hard as he can. He basically like tries to go for a puck. So I give him the push shove and, you know, he's like, watch your stick. You know, he turns on me. He turns on me. He elbows me and then gives me a shot to the jaw. And so I'm like, okay. And at this point, I'm not even throwing. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Push him away. 
A guy for the defenseman comes down, starts talking shit. Guy from out of the play comes in, talk, talking shit. And all of a sudden, like I'm in looking at one point, I was pushing three guys at once, just away. You're like looking for your team, like um somebody. I'm looking for a ref to blow a whistle. I'm looking for whatever. This uh, ultimately, one of them fucking starts attacking me. Starts throwing punches in my face. And at this point, I'm laughing. I'm just like laughing very loud because this is. I'm not being affected by this. I am, no. I'm, I'm a better skater and stronger than the guy that's trying to fight me. I mean, and you're winning the game. Right. So. <laughs> and I'm winning the game. And so I've got my, my hands just kind of like on his shoulders, like pushing him away. My buddy comes off, peels off some little kid. Dude gets fall. He falls down. My buddy's on top of him. I look, I see that. And then this guy, he, he, he sends about like three rights my way. I just eat him and laugh and then he's I, as I'm laughing, he's like, oh, I need to work the body. So he's like trying to think he's going to work the body on me. He pulls down and I parry the body strike and then just grab him and throw him down. I got <laughs> I, dude. And I mean, I hip tossed this guy so hard his helmet flew off. And like, you know, he was he was out of the play. Like it was very much like handling a small child. Uh, I end up getting five game sussy in the playoffs. bro. He got four and the two extra man in got two each. So, so for obviously, you, for you getting jumped, you got the worst out of it. That makes not a sense. single punch thrown on my end. And I mean, look, I get it takes two to tango. Uh, no, yeah, it's beer league, like whatever. And those beer league fighting should be punished pretty severely because it's like yeah. only assholes do that. But yeah, it's like you're and, all paying to play. It's like right. fuck off. dude. I've been in like three different altercations in this league uh, that were full on fights. And I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, what's going on here? Why? And I get like, you know, and I, I don't want to be like pompous about it, but I get like they're tar- you target talent times and I'm not the type of guy to like back off. And and so obviously I'm talking shit the entire time, but I have video of it. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Please, please. It, it'll please. be hilarious. Just wait. don't I don't want it to go viral because I'll probably get flamed <laughs> but because it's just just the weakest shit ever. But yeah, I mean, you know, to your point, I mean, this uh, I guess the effect of reducing fighting has given some beer league players a lot of balls and but this is always how beer league has been i think uh when you taught when 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 i one time i subbed as a goalie when i was like in high school and literally like i we got stomped and it was probably partially my fault but there was a fight in that game too i mean it's just weird dude i don't understand why beer leaguers don't fight in beer league that's the whole that's the whole situation right? yeah no for sure um and just like you know back back to back to the, like the nhl though and just what it is like I, yeah. I wish it was like i understand the way that it's going now i just i miss i miss like the mid-2000s that was like sure like so right right after um right after like they fixed the scoring a little bit, like right after that the mid-2000s lockout i feel like between yeah. like 2008 and like 2000 what like 13 14 like that was probably like the best fucking era, dude. Right. Honestly, like just for like the way that the game was like analytics weren't like full, full, like people weren't building their teams off analytics purely yet. And I think like I test and analytics, you need, you need a balance of both of them in all sports. Like I do, I do a lot of, um, I cover a lot of mixed martial arts now, like multiple leagues, like more outside of the UFC than the UFC now. And like, it's the same things. Like, you have to look look at analytics. You have to look at eye tests to really tell the whole story, and I get that. But just as an old school hockey fan, man, like the days when like the Nashville Predators when they had Suter and and Weber on the defense, and no <laughs> one wanted to fuck with them. Like right. that, those were the days, man. Those were yeah. The days. I think that the counter argument here with young hockey fans is that you know, and and I'll say this: 
the NHL today has never seen this much talent and this much finesse and this much room for the guys to have that finesse, right? Uh, before, if you were to do a uh, Trevor Zegers lacrosse goal, uh, the next play, you had been bloodied. Like, oh, Torch would have sent someone out to kill you. Right. And I agree yeah. that, like, okay, I uh, that probably that's too wasn't – That's too much. That's not necessary for showboating. But at the same time, as, like, an old-school hockey guy like we are, you know, that would be expected. No more the case. Um, well, here's so, an example, and this, this trickles down to British Columbia hockey. So British Columbia okay. Junior B, when I started – and this was actually – this was another thing I was doing while starting THPN. So, like, I had mm. a lot of my no, – looking back, like, I do not know how I handled everything. I was, like <laughs> – Relate like long distance relationships, school, working full time, <laughs> building THPN, and doing play by play every weekend. Just two games, but for a junior B team. Right. And British Columbia hockey made it mandatory that they had to go full cage in junior B. Wow. Okay. And a lot of the players and a lot of teams. I un- I fortunately, unfortunately, I don't know what the, what the right. Sorry, Pete. I was I was working for a team that like was the one who really pushed for it. Mm-hmm. Um, because their defense was, well, like it's junior B, these kids aren't going to like, you know, they'll get a D three scholarship at most, right? you know, and, and, and maybe there's a few outliers because both Jamie and Jordy Ben played for that team. I worked with in junior B before <laughs> graduating to junior. So like it happens where like some 16 year olds will play junior B and then like the BCHL will be like, Oh fuck, they're actually good. We'll bring them on as a 17 year old. It, it happens. Okay. Right. Um, but for the most part, you're going D three or you're, you know, you're going right to beer league after that. Right. Um, so their argument, the team I worked with was like, let's get the cages. You know, these kids don't need to be taking pucks to the face. They don't need to be taking high sticks, you know, yeah. even in tussles. Like, they, like let's just protect them a little bit more. Right. Little did they know, and this is actually a very curious case, the dental bills, the injury bills, everything went up when the cages were implemented because the players just went from zero to 100 with how right. dirty they were. Because they Reckless knew. Reckless abandonment. Oh my, dude, it was, I would call these games, it was night and day. from Because I started visor season, then I did two or three seasons after with when like the league was caged. It was madness. Penalties were up, fights were up, everything was up. It was wow. insane. So at the end of the day, it was like, did this actually save the league money? I, I don't know. But it was right. just, it's just an interesting tidbit that like when you, when you take that away, when you take that kind of like honor, like honor card away, where it's like, you know, if you if a player knows that they, they could hurt the guy by actually like playing like recklessly with their stick or like you know high, you know, even like cross checks high and things like dude I would do like cross checks right to kids faces and I'm like are you kidding me and like <laughs> you know junior B the refs aren't anything special that time they're they're learning as well they would miss things and then the coaches would yell at the refs I'm like this is just madness dude like right. this is yeah. just mad and you're obviously not allowed to fight in junior B it's like a five game suspension off of that but fighting right. went up as a result as people were just like ripping cages off each other calling each other little bitch let's fucking go like <laughs> it was it was nuts dude and these like crazy. 16 to 20 year olds who like aren't playing junior a so like they gave a no fucks they were just right. like hot shit in their little high school because they played hockey <laughs> yeah and they were trying to either make a name for themselves and get called up or you know because that's still a thing folks i mean you know in those lower levels of juniors and in juniors even the competitive levels of juniors if you're not showing up on the score sheet with goals and assists you got to show up somewhere and if it's pims, well, dude, junior b's like pims. this especially the the league and the the team that i played with if if they're like they wanted to win and yeah. it was very much like you you pay cash for players. Like they, they brought a kid over from Japan who's playing in some like little roller league in Japan. They literally paid the roller league like I don't know a number, but let's throw one out like two grand for yeah. this kid to come over and he played as a sixteen year old for a season. He was pretty good. Yeah. And I, I think a, a different I think like the uh, a junior B in 
in Vancouver area, like nabbed them up. But like the trades aren't always player for player. They're player for player and straight up cash for the organization. So like the team's still, you know, they're 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 still sacrificing to bring players in. And if you're not performing, they will they will trade you and they're gonna trade you for it's just funny to think that like, you're 16, you're getting trade for cash. Like it's right. so funny to think about. <laughs> yeah. No doubt, no doubt. And then the parents probably still have to pay a little bit, you know, boarding, uh, you oh. know. Things yep. like that. It's still expensive to proposition to play junior hockey for the family itself. Of At any player. level. Yeah. B, A, yeah, for sure. Dude, I, I maintain that uh, hockey is the hardest pro sport or it's it, the hardest to get into at the top level of, of professional. So to make it to the NHL, I think is the hardest than all other sports. If you're not on somebody's radar by the time you're 12, you have very little chance. And then on top of that. Uh, the physical shit that you have to go through to make a name, like a Jay Beagle, he had to fight his way through juniors, through the ECHL, win championships, the through the AHL, win championships. And then he finally got a fucking fourth line muck and grind role in the NHL and had to fight for the first five, three to five years and then become a Stanley Cup champion, sh- carves out a niche. I mean, the amount of work that, that, that Jay Beagle – and I'm pulling that out of just because that's like – a literal rags to riches story that the Washington yeah. Capitals fans can relate to, but he went undrafted. I mean, he was a nobody. It's crazy Dude, he, oh, that he found love that. Jay Beagle. I know he's one of my favorite. He's one of my Such favorite players player. of all time. Yeah, like, me honestly. too. Me too. Pavel Bure, Jay Beagle. Yeah, it's all about workmen. <laughs> it's I mean, all about the work, baby. That's it. But speaking yeah, of work. 100%. Hockey fans, like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customer bet just $5 pregame money on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payoffs with the same game parlays, combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and even bigger payout. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Do you, uh, do you miss it the... Sounds like uh, you memorized that now. I, I, that, that was good. That was a good one. Um, that was good. That was do good. you, uh, with, with your ad reads on your multiple content offerings, do you have scripts or are they just like drink our beer on and talk about it? Like what's the... Uh, I, I do you miss the corporate call have, out? Uh, I have one that's like they're 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 bros, <laughs> so it's not as corporate. But like we've asked them for scripts. Yeah. Um, we have a betting company in Minnesota, which people are probably asking, "Well, single game betting is illegal in Minnesota." Well, that's why this company is very very cool that we're working with. Uh, <laughs> we're working with a golf apparel company. We're working with actually Mark Parrish's, and like what a crazy story, Mark. Mark Parrish being you know a recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. He actually has the best vodka recipe in the world. And so we're actually sponsored by his vodka, Northland Vodka, which is hilarious. And he's come on our podcast before. I highly recommend people looking that up. Soda Pod, Mark Parrish. What an inspiring story, um, you know, that that man has. And he even played in the WHL too, you know, left college to play in, you know, in Seattle for his, for his uh, overager year. And it, I mean, that's that was his ticket into the NHL 100%. Um, so yeah, long, uh, longer short of it. Do I miss corporate life? Yeah, I miss the, I miss the payday from it for sure. But we're, we're, we're growing here at the soda pod. We're growing. There you go. Good shit. Good shit, man. Yeah. Oh, dude, for I, my YouTube I, always... channel, I haven't even gone out and looked for sponsors yet. Cause we've just been, it's just been like everyday grinding. And then like, right. now we're starting to like grow and I'm like, fuck down the road. I do need to like start 
putting together packages and all that stuff but it's just been so much fun and here's a good segue to both pump my youtube channel and also talk about i want to respond i 100 percent agree that hockey is the most like it is the hardest sport to, to make it to the highest level i'd say a close second is mixed martial arts dude like oh, it yeah. is i've been like i i've kind of pump the brakes on watching as much like i did i used to watch so much hockey like it was insane like multiple leagues like junior right. hockey sh like i would watch i was just a fiend since uh leaving the hockey podcast network i've like i think just because of like overall just like burnout of being in hockey for four years straight hockey 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 all the time yeah i do the minnesota wild i keep tabs on canucks and, and caps but i've really dove in and it's nice to like a breath of fresh air in sports into mixed martial arts and i do fight commentary i'm now going to be doing like prediction videos and like takeaways and things like that i'm starting to interview fighters um on the channel as well i got a few of those lined up for the the new year dude that sport is fucking insane yes it's fucking insane dude because it's like you have to fight on the regionals you first you got to fight as an amateur and then you got to fight on the regionals as a pro and if you if you fight on the regionals and don't put together a win streak or a highlight reel, like you're gonna be 30. And the UFC doesn't like to bring in people usually who are 30. But then you have right. those specimens who like don't even hit their prime until 35. Like the recent light heavy, light heavyweight champion was Chuck Liddell's old training partner. He's 42 years old. And he's still beating up young guys. It's just insane. Where it's like the athletes when you make it to that level, especially the UFC where you saw it as, is testing. It's it's way harder for these guys to like dope and get by those. In, in the regionals, like it's almost like you have to be good enough without doping because when you reach the UFC in the highest level, like you're going to be tested out the wazoo anyway, so you're not going to have that competitive advantage. That sport, it just blows my mind, dude, yeah. how talented some of these athletes were. It is night and day from the U, and we're talking about old school hockey. Like it is mixed martial arts is night and day from the mixed martial arts you and I grew up on, you know, in the 90s watching like Hoist yeah. Gracie and like <laughs> Ken Shamrock and like Tito Ortiz and even like Chuck Liddell and thing. Like it is a sport now. Right. And I know there's a funny meme in, in mixed martial arts. This one fighter is like, don't call our sport a sport. It's not a sport. <laughs> it's savagery. But like, it really is now. And I'm I'm so impressed by like the talent that these guys have who like are now growing up learning every discipline of martial art versus like one that they implement first and foremost. And it's less of a martial art against martial art. And now like you have to know how to fight in every area like if you don't know how to wrestle you're fucked if you don't know right. jujitsu you're fucked if you don't know how to strike whether muay thai kickboxing or boxing you're fucked like and it's yeah. just it's beautiful it's beautiful i love violence my three favorite sports are <laughs> box lacrosse hockey and, and in in this order box lacrosse hockey and mixed martial arts so like diving into this world now is just like it's just been so much fun dude and so i do fight companions on my channel uh, minimum three times a week on the city life project youtube channel um this week we're gonna go we're gonna go strong because i can't do ufc on saturday because i'm going to a christmas party so to make up for for it we're doing like five fucking streams like three really low level regionals but that's the thing like i don't just cater to ufc like my favorite streams to do are like Eris, which is a french league because france just legalized mma like two years ago Nice. And they have an amazing league that's so fun to watch. Um, and as well as one championship in Singapore. One championship, they have a mix of on their cards. So like on like your UFC card, whatever, you have like all your bouts in order, usually like 12 to 14 fights prelim main card. One will have uh, submission grappling, which their rules are, are, are different. It's like you have to, whoever throws up the most legit submissions or submits their opponent in 10 minutes wins the fight. And it's just like, it's it's constant Rapid so fire, i know a lot yeah. of people don't like watching the wrestling uh <laughs> par portion of uh, of ufc well one championship is a great job with their just submission grappling they also do muay thai fights which are three three minute rounds 
um, four ounce gloves, so like the UFC, like the smaller gloves and mm-hmm. Muay Thai rules. So you can elbow, you can throw to the ground, no clinch, and you get a yellow card if you don't move forward and be violent. So if you what? step back and like try to be technical, you get a yellow card and you lose a point. So like, and then there's kickboxing too, like traditional kickboxing, which is no elbows, limited clinch work, and no throwing to the ground, but still like kickboxing as well as mixed martial arts. That's on crazy. their card so i love one championship dude i am all in on one championship they have the best american mixed martial artists on their roster too and demetrius johnson and like i've just gone all in on mixed martial arts now especially on my youtube channel and also on the channel like uh, the co-creator my buddy kyle in vancouver island he's been really diving into like doing vlogs so our channel is like all over the place it's like a destination if you want to like watch fights and talk about fights live uh, i know i was also, checking like, it out pre-interview because i was like what's Ish oh, been doing you. on the on the on the on the youtube but yeah it's it's everything it's music too vlog music yes. mma so kyle hockey. kyle does all the vlog editing and he does like fishing content he has a ton of tarantulas uh so he does like tarantula feedings uh he's a musician too so he does like he's handling kind of all that so every now and then i'll like edit a vlog and throw it up and you'll know if people watch it like which ones are me versus kyle we have like our own little style but i've taken kind of over like the streaming part of part of it because i just love talking as you guys can see and i love commentating sports i I get so passionate about the sports that i follow that like i have to go all in and recently it's been mixed martial arts dude it's so cool that like it's more than just UFC. Like, yes, UFC is yeah. the NHL, the NFL of mixed martial arts. They have the deepest roster. Yeah. But honestly, man, like some of these other promotions are incredible. And it's it's been so fun to. Uh, yeah. I mean, so I was I was catching on TikTok. Patty, Patty, the batty. Uh, another win on his belt. Uh, uh, controversial under, win. But yeah. yeah, a little controversial. I mean, I think he got kind of he got subdued quite a bit but i'm not sure that he 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 lost the first two rounds i'm pretty pissed off about that one to be really because so? <laughs> i may round... or may not have had money on jared gordon so i am very very <laughs> fucking salty <laughs> and then and the, he won the, first uh, two the headlining fight though was a was a, a strike match for the most part I, a lot of guys were just it was a stand-up fight um i don't know yeah, and kalaya's legs were beaten to shit what was cool about this yeah. last card was 10 finishes in a row submission and knockouts until the co-main and main event ironically right and then the main event was a draw and the co-main went to decision so it oh, kind it of like a was a buzz kill wow yeah the the main event was a draw which oh, i yeah. had i don't think it was I, I i honestly think patty's was more of a robbery for the other guy than than the than the russian guy losing mm-hmm. in the main event how i scored it was the the polish striker like he beat the fuck out of the guy's legs like he could not right. he couldn't even stand he was like hobbling around right. with those legs like the guy like this Jan Blahovich has fucking bones of steel like Wolverine man because I like shin on shin and I'm like right. how are you not hurting right now just yeah. kicking this guy so he in my opinion won the first three rounds first round maybe like you can make an argument that the Russian won the first round but then the third and fourth the Russian wrestled him and just like dominated him with control time and ground and pound enough right. that like they have traditional boxing cards so like 10-8 first three rounds for the Polish guy then like I don't know, 10-7 even. Yeah. Or maybe 10-9 for the Polish guy for the first three, then like a 10-8, maybe even a 10-7 in the fifth round. So, like, it was close. It, it just sucks because, like, you never want to see a draw in the main event on a pay-per-view. <laughs> right. Of course, of course. Yeah, no doubt. I was uh, I was getting TikTok streams on it, so I was like, you know, I'll, nice. I'll, I'll stick around for that. But uh, let's draw this... <laughs> We're so far off the rails right now. Let's get back into hockey. So let's let's end it here with with a little bit of Caps talk. I mean, yeah. So the Washington Capitals outside looking in on a playoff spot right now. Um, I think that I would love to hear your input on first of all 
How do you think Brian McClellan did in the offseason? Because I give him a A rank. Um, having oh, to get I, two I, goalies in a center? Dude, I think he did he did a, a great job. It's just like it's injuries. And it, it's right. We didn't know, but we knew Nicky Baxham wasn't gonna be a hundred percent. Did I think it was gonna be a whole season out? No, and that that I mean, knock on wood, it's not. Like maybe he right. just comes back for the playoffs if they make it. Right now, though, like they're at they're at a point where they either have to try not like to go for it, go for it, um, but like they have to do something to make sure that they solidify themselves to get a playoff spot, or like they can't just keep doing what they're doing right now, or they might not make because the East is a fucking the East will will like will beat you up and spit you out, dude. The East oh, is yeah. crazy. Like all of the tides have turned from like like we said talking about like early and mid two thousands where the West was like the juggernaut to now where like the East is insane. Right. Where like, the Capitals are a good team, but you a good team will not make it. Because right. like the Rangers, who I think are good kind of frauds, like they're they're probably not even going to make it either. Like the Islanders credit to Barry Trotz. I know Caps fans love Barry Trotz as well. Like, yeah, but that's he's out he's out them. now it's Lane Lambert there and oh right right yeah so and, yeah sorry but their their defensive structure is, is working there but like they don't have scoring either so how far are they going to go in the playoffs i don't know like it's it's the east is crazy we're like i honestly think that the caps either have to make a couple moves and i'm talking like brock besser's available bo horvat's available right. eric fucking carlson you know like yeah. big boy moves dude I'm, I'm not saying all three of them but i'm saying maybe no. one of three of them because horvat i don't know if you heard today horvat's being traded right it's it's, it's his his the, uh, the Canucks gave him their final offer. He turned it down, and now they're like, "We're not offering you anything else. Like we are right. going to trade you now." Right. So, dude, th- what do the Caps need? They need a center. Yes, I mean You're that right. would be awesome. Do but Caps need scoring? Center. Yeah, Horvath they could is bring old. they could bring a Brock Besser in. Do the Caps just want to sell more tickets and dish Ovi some more uh, some more shots? We'll bring in Eric Carlson. Like you know, like they they have uh, none of those are easy. I get it, Caps fans. Right. But like they have options to go big or, and this is where Hoppy stands. And I, I honestly, I'm kind of in this camp because right now all I really give a fuck about is that Ovi breaks Gretzky's <laughs> record. Yeah. And then you, know, you can call me like a, you're a casual Caps fan. Then fine. I'll accept that. Right. Dude, just tank this year. You got to resign what six? No, no, no. Wait, wait. Yeah, hear me. You're you right. have to resign what six? Six guys next year, anyways. It's the team's gonna get a facelift, dude. Do whatever you can to get Connor Bedard. Do whatever dude, you fucking can to get Connor Bedard. I don't think that the Caps are gonna do that though. As much as like a business standpoint and for future considerations, that's uh, a possibility. But I think that the Caps, I think management and ownership will never tank. That's just Caps way well maybe you not know. traditional tank like buffalo did when like what was it uh neuver yeah neuver went on that yeah. like fucking five game run and then they traded him. <laughs> like, right. I, i'm not yeah. saying that but like just maybe sell off some pieces that you're probably not going to resign and just right. go with what you have so you're not tanking but you're not you're not bringing in pieces to make the playoffs so, intentionally and if you make the and if you make the playoffs that's a good problem to have because it means you made it with less pieces and maybe you can build around that but if you guys are even in the running for yeah. Connor bedard dude like he's mcdavid-esque right like he's the so next fucking thing so they say they say dude i mean i'm watching him right yeah, now i'm it's, sure he is. it's incredible he's good put it this way mcdavid did what bedard was doing in the fucking ohl bedard's doing it in the dub right he might he might even be better and and that's and it's all crazy fair. to think about, but yeah. 
and, so, and it's an interesting because you know you're totally object. Well, you're somewhat objective because you're outside looking in a bit, and you know we're engrossed in this shit. But like, yeah, like I love the team, but I'm not. I'm not in it. Like the radio I listen to every day. It's Minnesota and Vancouver. It's not right, Cap sort of thing. Right. So like, you, I understand. The, the, and so here's here's the problem with all of that is that. Ovi still only has like four years left, three years left on his contract. So even if we were to get Bedard, we would be sacrificing our entire blue line for this. Like, I don't know, man. I I think, yes, your option works. Don't get me wrong for the longevity of the team. But I don't think that Leon – and I mean the way that management has just said, oh, you want a first-round draft pick? Fucking have it. You want a second-round draft pick too? Have it. Third round? Yeah, fine. Who cares? It's all funny money, right? Um and they're willing to to ship draft picks. I think that overall, Caps fans may be a bit disappointed with the lack of mobility or the lack of movement that happens at trade deadline. And I still think the Washington Capitals are well within a division. They're in striking distance of a division playoff spot. Uh, and I think that they'll still eke in at worst in a wild card spot. The hardest months of the league of the season are over. Um, the next couple months are pretty good, and uh, the Caps are currently riding a four-game winning streak. And since TJ Oshie's return, it. right, Ovi's killing and, it too. What he had fourteen points in eleven games or something like that, like something yeah, crazy. And 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 then also TJ Oshie's return can't be understated. He's been no. incredible. I think the Caps are seven two and one or something since his return in November. Nice. They've, I, I do believe the Capitals have, have turned the corner. Strom's been good too. Like you said, Strom, he's been good. Yeah. And I mean, these are all off season pickups. And then you look at Kemper, who's now injured, which was almost inevitability, but Charlie Lindgren would have been, would have been way better than a Samsonov if VTech or, or a VTech if Samsonov was off with no, with no safety blanket there. So we've got Hunter yeah. Shepard up uh, right now who probably won't get a game. He may get a game, one game. Uh, before Kemper comes back, depending on how severe Kemper's injury is, obviously it's hockey, so we never really know exactly how bad it is for Darcy Kemper. But concussions, head injuries, things like that can be voodoo, so who knows? Um, I think that the Washington Capitals, though, are not in tank mode. I think that they're in win-now mode still. Whether that be the right the right or wrong, I think that that's our station in life, unfortunately, right yeah. now. Uh, I just like this season, like it just it's it's almost just like the perfect storm just for a one off because like let's be honest, dude, they're not gonna win this year. They're gonna get like I'm if the Caps win a playoff round, I will be ecstatic and I will be so proud of them. Right. But I'm sorry, like I am not betting on the Capitals to advance past the first round. If Nikki Baxter was there, I would be way more confident. But Fair even enough. then, with the East, with the East this year, it's just like. I haven't seen, I haven't seen enough from them to like convince me yet. And again, like Nick Backstrom is one of the best centers in in the National Hockey League in the last mm-hmm. decade. He is truly like, you know, there's like Crosby, and then there's Nick Backstrom. Like, yeah, he's over Malkin, Hoppy. He's over Malkin. He's, <laughs> oh yeah, he's, he he's unbelievable. So like, I don't care if he's older, he's a little slower, he's facing like still like a a sixty percent backstrom is still like a boost to your to your lineup. The fact that he's yeah. on all season, man, is just crazy. And like again, I'm not saying that the caps should tank. I'm just saying like maybe just ride it out. Maybe bring in some draft picks with those assets that like you just probably aren't going to re-sign anyways, and then just see what happens. If you make the playoffs, great. Like I said, probably going to be booted out of the first round whether you address things or not. So let's be honest, right. and I'm like bringing a piece or not. I mean, unless it's Bo Horvat and like an Eric Carlson, then you know, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but but like just dude, just think about it. Like, not only would it set up the future, but like 
if you got Bedard and Ovi, like he's a 100, he might even break the goal record in two years versus, I think Ovi's breaking in three more seasons, like after this one. Mm -hmm. Easy, like no doubts at this point. Yeah. You get Connor Bedard, man, he's breaking it fucking 2025. Let's go, baby. (laughs) Hey, it's an interesting, it's an interesting twist for sure. And I somewhat agree with you. Obviously, me being a homer, I'm like, no, Caps are going to win the cup every year, you know, but that. I, I get it, uh, especially right now. And, and I mean, you think about even, let's just say Baxter returns at 100%. Tom Wilson's still out with an ACL. Uh, he's going to come back. Let's say he's 100% even better than he was before. Still, even with a lineup like that, and I believe that our, I think that our blue line is heavily underrated. It's it's fine, like, dude. It's just like the East is just crazy right now. Where it it's is. like you have to be elite right? or like you're just not good enough. And, and I mean, look Capitals at Detroit. Are a good team. Detroit Dude, is, is, is a huge wrench in our plans. Like the the Detroit overperformance that we're seeing right now is terrible Dude, and, for the Washington Capitals. Dude, and and spot. I don't think New Jersey's overperforming. I think they're like coming into their own because like they've been developing a few years. I think they're two right. years out from being a contender. Personally, two maybe right. three. Once once the other Hughes is like a seasoned NHLer, they're gonna fucking torch, dude. Dude, and like and they've been a they've been a fucking wrench in the East too. My absolute goodness. wagon. I, but see, here's the thing. Preseason, I was like, look, you can't sleep on New Jersey. I think that they're no. a lock for a wild card spot, and I think that they're gonna ding the Caps pretty heavily a couple times, and they have. the The thing is, is that I I knew that New Jersey couldn't be slept on, um, but I did not expect them to be leading the Metro at this point in the season. That's Dude, Lindy wild. rough, man. Like the fans are, are yelling because the first few games, right? It was tough. Right. And the fans Fire. are kind of like booing him and like yeah. throwing stuff like and, and now they're like they chant like oh, we're sorry, Lindy. <laughs> right. And then, you know, I think Andrew Burnett's uh, offensive uh, twist to this whole thing, because he's the associate coach, not an assistant right, coach. Right. You know, I think that his addition to the team has been huge. I had I had Neil Villapiano on. You know how he is. Uh, love him. Love. Oh, what a beauty, dude. Except that so he's much a energy. Toronto Argonauts fan. Fuck is he really? Then, <laughs> he chose one CFL team. He chose Toronto. Like, what the fuck, Neil? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, you look at you look at the, the situation, and it's definitely a bit bleak for the Washington Capitals, though. I think that they're – Unfortunately, going to look at this kind of like the Detroit Red Wings a la five years ago. Hey, if we just continue the the playoff yep. streak, like we're going to be good. Um, obviously, you have to look at around the locker room too. Ovechkin wants to remain competitive. If you say tank oh, to yeah. Ovechkin, he'll say fuck you. I don't give a fuck. You know, I think that all of the players in that on that in that locker room, the Washington Capitals locker room, want to win. I don't think that they want to hear about tanking right now. I don't think that they think that it's it's time. Um, but they also have to prove that on the ice. And I think that they've current turned the corner right now. Um, we'll see in another 20, 30 games if that is maintained, but, uh, uh, all indicators point to them being injured, but, uh, okay. And, uh, they're, they're starting to turn the corner on wins. So the, you know, uh, previously dude, and obviously Twitter is a cesspool for all hockey teams, oh. but you know. I had heard trade John Carlson. Obviously, Lars oh. Eller's been on been on the shit post for a long time. Uh, fire Laviolette, which is just that's that's just mental midget shit. I don't dude, know. Your what division the fuck is the best in the league. Calm down. That's what I do. That's what I say. Like, I'm sorry. Every fucking New time. Jersey, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Islanders, Rangers, and Caps are all good teams, and I would argue that like 
Fuck, man. I mean, Carolina's third right now. Like, they, I know. Jesus Christ. I, it's crazy. And then people are like, well, what about the Atlantic? And I'm like, Boston and, and uh, Boston and Tampa Bay. Like, we okay, we can talk about Toronto. Toronto's a thing. I get yeah, it. Yeah, like, they're, I mean, but, Toronto, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be booted out of the first round or second round. Like, right. Whatever. Yeah, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, and then Detroit. Right. And Florida then Detroit are being frauds. the wild, They have no the defense. Card. They have right. no defense. Yeah. Montreal, like they're Montreal, whatever. They still have, <clears throat> they got to figure their shit out. Buffalo, right. yo, I'm I'm happy to see like that they're taking steps forward after the whole, you know, Eichel era and Tage Thompson, my God. Like, what a stuff. What is he, like four, 44 points? Insane. Like coming off of wing to center, that doesn't happen. I know. That's crazy. We talked it's about wild. him on the soda pots. So I won't exhaust that, but like that's <laughs> it. The Senators, like pff, I thought the Senators would be a lot better this year. They have been horribly Garbage. disappointing. Right. I thought honestly, like Matt Murray, Giroux, like I was like, you know, Kachuk, another guy. I was like, all right, we got some here. No, garbage, no. absolute yeah. trash. Like, right. Yeah, and then like the central two minutes, and that's another thing for the Wild fans. Like the team's plugging along. The team need like the team is not complete. It's far from complete. Like we talked about the, at the start of the show. Right. But like the Dallas Stars, the Winnipeg Jets, like I didn't see them being this good. Right. And they're and- killing it to the fact that Colorado's third. Like Nashville's been playing pretty good. St. Louis has been kind of a joke this year, but still, like, right. it's it's not easy, man. Like, this no. year in the East, it's just nuts, dude. And the East just, or, well, the Caps just wiped the floor with Winnipeg last game. I mean, I think it was yep. a 4 or 5 1 victory. That's uh, it's pretty compelling evidence that I think the Washington Caps, and that's a division leading team in the Central right now, the Winnipeg Jets yeah. are. And the Washington Capitals came out and handled business. So that's the thing. Like, Capitals are a know, good team. Hell, even the, they, they might even be a great team, dude. It's just like like the like the wild. They're missing some key pieces. And funny for I mean not funny, but like at least the Capitals like Backstrom's injured. You know, uh, got Wilson's injured. You're like yeah. they're there. Whereas the wild, like they don't even have them there. It's like Hartman is injured. And look, I love Ryan Hartman, but like big fucking whoop. You know what I mean? Like it's not <laughs> right. like they have like Nikki Backstrom, you know, waiting right. to come back or, or Tom Wilson. Like they need to address some pieces. They like the Dumba era in Minnesota. It's done. Like it's right. over. Done. Get him out of here. It's over. <laughs> so it's like they ha- like Billy. I-, I love Billy. Garen. By the way, I met Billy Garen. No he shit. Signed Hop. He signed Hop. Yeah, we went. To- it was thirty dollar tickets for a meet and greet with Billy Garen an hour before the game. Nice. Minnesota baby. Fucking gotta nice. do it. I have a signed picture of him that he gave yeah. everybody. But he also signed Hoppy's jersey. Hoppy got a Rem Pitlick jersey, which was like a local. He's a Minnesota boy. I think he played for the Gophers, and he was like signed by Minnesota. Played like seven games, got like four some points, four or five points, but then was waived in Montreal, picked him up. Right. And he's been doing pretty good with them. And literally, he, this is how much of a beauty Billy Garrett is. It's like Hoppy's wife was wearing the jersey and he got him to sign it. I'm sorry for waving Rem. <laughs> and he took it like a champ. Dude, that, so I don't know if you know this, but Billy Garrett got his like management start in Wheeling. Oh, no way. Yeah. So like after he was, after he retired, he came back to Pittsburgh and was yeah. headmanning like the nailers. Oh, with the nailers. Yeah. The wheeling nailers. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking rights. Billy Garen, dude. Yeah. For so non- Billy Garen was hanging around wheeling. Yeah. For a non Canadian figure in hockey, like he's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's awesome. Um, of course, wheeling had that Donatello scandal, uh, a little bit with him, like, assaulting the wife of an, of an assistant coach. And, you know, I think Billy Garen had to get that by, behind him. 
because he was head manning it. That's the problem, you know? And you always, these guys yeah. sometimes have a dark past, but at the same time, like, I don't know what eventually came out of that. Uh, I know that I'm sure that Donatello is out, but like at the same time, uh, Billy Garen was somewhat culpable at that point. We'll see how that all, but, but obviously. Oh, dude, trust me. That's not, recovered. I mean, we covered that on the soda pot as well. I wouldn't yeah. say that's gone under the rug, but I think it, from what I've read in anyways, like, yeah, somewhat responsible, but like very much wasn't the one pulling strings there at all. Like, if anything, like I think even some of his co like coworkers and whatever were were way more like in Call that where he was very much outside. And I'm not I'm not like defending him just because I'm like a wild guy. That's just what I've right. like what okay. I've read, dude. Like the wild though, it just like they've had a bad luck with like the that world Canadian World Junior team too. Oh, that you know allegations like Flurry was on that team, and we right. haven't really heard. Look. Love the yeah. guy, but and you know, I don't know if we're ever gonna hear a conclusion on that. And that one kind of is like stings too, because that one would be devastating if you know he was somewhat involved in that. Um I know we I'm haven't so heard much more, that. and we may not ever hear anything more, but like <laughs> I was getting roasted on Twitter for my hot take. I was saying that like because of everything that went down with Hockey Canada, like and the fact that Russian and Belarusian kids aren't allowed to play in the tournament, I came out as a proud Canadian said that like because of everything the hockey Canada did to their own people mm -hmm. that they probably should be banned for a year for competition. Oh, yeah. And oh boy, did I get fucking slapped <laughs> around on Twitter by, you know, Canadians who Hard have knows. two followers on Twitter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unreal, man. I mean, you know, and we talk about hockey culture sometimes and, and how it could be toxic and, and, and whatnot and, and considered toxic for sure. But, um, I, you know, I kind of have to think that, not to downplay all these egregious things that have happened, but I, I want to believe that at least that, you know, the good outweighs the bad. And I think it does. I, I think, I think Hockey Canada was just a bunch of piece of shits for, for a while. Yeah. And you and know, again, the whole I'm thing about and I'm it. the first one to say that like their board right. literally, literally hid this shit and swept it under the rug. We're like, we don't hear USA that, that many stories in USA hockey. We don't hear that many stories in Swedish hockey. We don't hear that many stories. Like, because it is the like because it is like what college and high school football is to Americans for us right. Canadians like it's just on a bigger scale. There's more people involved. There's more pressure. It's the big entity. If there's going to be controversy, it, if there's going to be sh terrible shit that goes down in sports, it's going to be within hockey in Canada. It happened, you know, and that like that's just that's just where it happened. I, I don't think it's hockey culture, all of it. Right. Because, like I said, I just gave examples. We don't hear that many, if any, stories come out of from US again USA Hockey and the other leagues, which there are, but not to the extent where sure we're where we heard with Hockey Canada, you know, coming out of the summer. So I mean, yeah, it's it was fucked, dude. Yeah, and it sucks. Like I'm honestly gonna watch this year World Junior this year with like almost a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, and I'm gonna be perfectly yeah. honest saying that. Like I had a hard time watching Qatar World Cup this year. Because sure. of what's going on in that country, oh, right? I know. Like it's, it's, it's right. Tough. And you being Persian yourself, man. I mean, Iranian, oh my god, dude. You know, yeah. Like yeah. shout out to the women in Iran right now. Fucking right. rights. Like right. we're backing you guys with your freedom uh, movement. Yeah, you know, and, and of course we represent. You know, not to like put it out there too much, but like we represent a, a pretty, a big minority in hockey culture as well. You know, there's not many Persian and Asian people that are, you know, uh, yeah. that's why I love to see Jason Robertson just fucking shredding. I love to see, cause you know, this dude, dude is visibly Asian and he's just like fucking killing it. I, I, I love dude, to see that. He, he should have won the Calder last year. 
Or yeah, dude, and ago. he is fucking good, man. I mean, and same with Nick Suzuki in Montreal, man. You yep. know, I, I've just, I got a lot of like, I'm, I'm just so happy to see that because it means a lot to kids who may not be like, you know, the, the traditional, like, you know, white person that would be playing hockey and seeing like somebody who's dominating a league at the highest level look like you is, is something that I, yeah. you know, I think that a lot of people Dude, it's who amazing. maybe didn't, don't it's get. Amazing. Cause in the NHL, I mean, Brandon Yip never got to the high, like super, he was a fourth liner. Right. Um, I mean, like, I mean, Richard like, Park, you, Richard Park, yep. the Korean back in the day was yep. like the only guy that, you know, anybody knew who was an Asian hockey player, you know, um, and For sure. fuck, I mean, you got Mika Zabinajad out there, Persian. He's the only I mean, Persian to play in the NHL. <laughs> ever. Yeah. All right. Ever, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, know, I think there was, one, oh, there was one guy who was drafted and I want to, he might've only played AHL. He went over. He went back to Sweden, and he's been in Sweden forever, and he's been torching. But I want to say he was drafted or signed for a training camp. I'll have to do some digging. I posted on Twitter like this was like way back in the THPN days, and we were just like fucking around during COVID, just <laughs> just absorbing hockey content like no right. other, like anything we could grasp. Right. And I read a deep dive on like any pro Persian hockey player, and there was like a few. I, he might have only played preseason, to be honest. I can't even remember his name. But yeah, dude, a and he's half Swedish, right? Like his, yeah. I think his mom is Persian and his dad is Swedish, or, or vice versa. But he grew up in Sweden, right? Um, but yeah, dude, no, for sure. It's I, I had a friend in Minnesota. He's a filmmaker, and what he does is he works with this league called the Friendship League. And what they do is they go to parts of the world where hockey is is not known that it exists. So they went to like parts of Africa where like they built like Kenya and they built a rink in Kenya, That's this so hotel sick. and they would, they went and played their national team, you know, cause they have right. a national team. Right, um, right. And then they would, they went to uh kid, uh, Kyrgyzstan. They went to North Korea. No shit. They went what? to North Korea and played their national team. And he he vlogged. He's a filmmaker. His name's Alex Frakon. He also does parody music videos about <laughs> hockey as well on YouTube. They're hilarious. Like he has the beer league anthem. Yeah. I, they're they're great. They're great. <laughs> and then there's one scene also where he's like, they're playing their team and he's like, USA, USA. And one girl's like, Don't say that here. Don't say that here. <laughs> um, so it's really good. He said that they were actually supposed to go to Iran to play the women's roller hockey team because they're actually ranked in the IHF. Wow. Cause it was like a crazy rink in Tehran, but yeah. uh, it was just too crazy that like, and, and it's not cause like in Iran, like the people, the culture, like there's nothing crazy going on on the ground. It's like the government is just so completely fucked that like right. they just didn't even want to, they were like, it was safer for us to go to Kyrgyzstan or Africa or North Korea. No right. joke than Iran, which just says how fucked up their government is. And, it, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Wow. Yeah. Okay. Look, we talked about a lot of shit today and dude, probably 20% hockey, but dude, I mean, uh, it was, it's always, I mean, we're breaking on an hour and a half here, so I think we should cut it, but, uh, Ish, man, always so good catching up with you, dude. dude uh, anytime, you, anytime you, you throw me the bat signal, I'll jump on the podcast. You know, I love to talk Absolutely and, and hang out no, with you. Dude. So. And I, and I love it too. And, and I really appreciate you coming on in short notice, but, uh, for the, in the meantime, you know, I know we, we spent the whole episode plugging all of your different projects, but is there a central location where people can find you and, and, and follow all sorts of stuff or, you know, this is your Twitter, time. I mean, to I tweet everything, plug. but I tweet a lot of shit. So, I mean, you can follow me <laughs> at VA sports talk on Twitter. I would say the things that I would really love 
some extra support on is like my YouTube channel, the City Life Project YouTube channel, especially like if you're not a fan of MMA, you know, fuck the live streams. Check out some of the vlogs we have. Like my buddy Kyle is really working super hard on the vlogs. Um, we have a whole like he's been tapping maple trees, so we're gonna have a whole maple syrup series come out again where he's Ooh. making maple syrup, the most Canadian fucking thing ever. <laughs> um, and he has an album dropping soon that he's gonna be promoting. He's a musician, so I would I would love that if anyone is you know digging my vibe and wants to see what I'm working on, go check out the City Light Project YouTube channel. We're almost at four thousand subscribers, so like we're really <laughs> excited for that. And then you know the Soda Pod. I, I doubt anyone you know a capital is not gonna listen to a Minnesota Wild podcast. That's okay. There's two podcasts that I'm working on uh, right now that one of them, you know, it's, it's, it's close to the, you know, it's, it's close to capitals land anyways. Uh, the burning couch podcast. It's about West Virginia university sports. I do a bunch of video work for them and I run their YouTube channel. If you're a fan of West Virginia university, check out that podcast. It's Let's awesome. They have the legend, Steve, they have the legend, Steve Slayton, who is like an unbelievable football player. Um, you know, when he was at the school, he's one of the co-hosts. It's awesome. And then a really cool podcast that I'm really proud of that I'm even on the team. I joined them in season three. I don't do any audio production for them at all. I just do like, I, again, I run their YouTube channel and do like video clips, but, uh, deep cover the real Donnie Brasco. I know a lot of people have seen the movie, Donnie Brasco, Johnny Depp yeah. played, you know, Joe Pistone undercover. This podcast is literally Joe Pistone. The man, the real Donnie Brasco, who took down the Bonato family and, you know, a ton of the, you know, the New York mob, you know, in the 80s. Like, he is the main character and he is the main host of the show. And I'm really honored to be able to work on that podcast. It's fucking awesome, guys. Like, he, (laughs) like, we're, we're, this season is, is, uh, going over all his undercover tapes. So he worked with the FBI four years deep cover. Wow. Um, and like, if you've seen the movie, you know, it's the movie's a little bit more quirky than the actual story, but this season, the season three that I've been working on uh, with them, again, so honored to be part of the team. They're showcasing a lot of the tapes that he had, and they're re- remastering them. And and then he like they play the tape, and then he tells like the story of like what was the relevance of that tape, where it was uh, taped, why he taped it, where he hid the tape, and it's it's just incredible. If if you like Crazy. true crime or like mob stories, like. Uh, deep cover the real donnie brasco check it out on youtube wherever you get your podcast from i'm super proud to be working on that project uh with the company that hired me good stuff what an eclectic mix caps fans i know there's something for everyone uh i think uh definitely give ish a follow and check out all his projects ish again man thanks a lot for coming on it's always a pleasure to talk puck and and really just everything i miss you troll I miss you, buddy. I miss you too, man. We got to link up. We literally used to talk up. every day. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. And you know, if you get down to West Virginia, man, like I'm in Wheeling. That's an hour north of Morgantown. You know, I got to turn you on to. There's a there's a, a Wheeling podcast that just does like Wheeling stuff. I'll have to give you their info too. Okay. Um, you know, we can we can do like a whole media circuit probably, and then you know dude. we'll go out we'll go out in High Street and you know live like twenty year olds, I guess. <laughs> Dude, I'm Man, I'm I'm 29. I turned 30 in April. I need one more hoorah before the big 30. So maybe maybe it will be in Wheeling, West Virginia, baby. Oh, Fuck man. Vegas. We're going yeah, to Wheeling. You won't you won't remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be Dude, a good it's time. It's always a pleasure. I appreciate you bringing me on. Absolutely, man. All right, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in on Monday. We'll be back at you with a a little recap of the week. Hopefully the Caps can continue this winning streak they've got going. And again, like I said, follow Ish wherever you can. And um, until then, though, Caps fans, Hockey Troll, and Isha Jerome signing off. (laughs) 
Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social, and the Hockey Podcast Network.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.